0: Welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber. I will be joined momentarily by my co-host Paul Herman for episode 82 of our show, which was going to be about the Eternals, but... Turns out I was the only one who did the reading, so you can join me in berating Paul once the show gets started. But don't worry, we will be talking about The Eternals very soon, and that just gives a little bit of extra time for all of you to catch up on the reading, especially if you have Marvel Unlimited. We're mainly going to be talking about Jack Kirby's original Eternals stuff, as well as Neil Gaiman's Eternals uh, miniseries. So all of that stuff is available on Marvel Unlimited if you have that subscription service, or if you feel like it, you can pick up the trades or whatever it is you want to do. But we will be talking about that very soon. Instead, this week, we are going to be talking about fandom, something that has pretty much become a bad word now, because it's almost always brought up in a negative context when we're talking about bad things that are happening. And we'll be taking a look at Star Wars fandom and and DC fandom, because over the past few years, we've certainly seen a lot of division amongst those groups, which we haven't quite seen amongst Marvel fandom, which is not to say there haven't been trolls or people who acted in a very negative way who are Marvel fans. It's certainly not to absolve Marvel fans of any wrongdoing, of course not, but just the way we've seen people within the fan base be so divided for Star Wars and DC. We haven't quite seen it on the same level within Marvel. And we, of course, hope we don't see it and hope we stop seeing it for, for DC and Star Wars because Paul and I are also fans of both. But anyway, we're just going to get into that and talk about what's going on and, and how we feel about it and how we hope a lot of this stuff uh, stops and then also never really bleeds into uh, our community of, uh, of Marvel fans. But before we get into this week's conversation... I want to make sure I take time to say thank you. So thank you very much to Maximilian McCreevy, Alexander, and Javier LaCayo. They are our latest patrons over at patreon.com/slash Marvel Studios News, which means they get exclusive content that is not available. Anywhere else we 've actually just introduced some new tiers for the Patreon. We still have some of our classic stuff, like the Patreon credit scenes, where we just have an additional conversation about an additional topic at the end of each of these episodes, uh, kind of like Marvel has with their their post credit tags in their movies so For this week's uh, Patreon credit scene, we talk about the the latest on the Doctor Doom movie that Noah Howley was developing for Fox and where that stands right now. So we'll talk about that, and those Patreon credit scenes are available for just a dollar a month. We also do... A weekly, we also do two weekly Q and A's, but you can get at least one of those Q and A's. That's just three dollars a month, where you can ask questions and I answer them uh, with whatever you have to, whatever you want to know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You want to hear me talk about with regard to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, you can ask that over on the Patreon. And we also do, we've introduced some new stuff like the Daily Bugle. So Monday through every Monday through Friday, I'm talking about the latest news as it relates to Marvel. And then you can also, uh, we also now have a monthly Marvel. Unlimited Book Club, where we'll be talking about comics. So you can get all that information over at patreon.com slash marvelstudiosnews and check out the tiers and see if there's anything that you would be interested in in that. And the maybe the coolest feature in my mind, besides the exclusive content, uh, is that when you subscribe to the Patreon, you do get your own RSS link uh, that then you can put into your podcatcher, like Apple Podcasts. And you can subscribe through that RSS link. And I put the main show on that feed as well. So that way you can get all of your Marvel Studios news content in one place, as opposed to having to get the main show from one spot and then move over to, and then chase down a second spot to get all the, uh, the Patreon stuff. So there is a way to get it all in, uh, all in one feed. So that's a pretty cool feature that's available there. And then just make sure you keep up with us every day at our website, marvelstudiosnews.com, which we just put out a new, uh, there's, there's, a new redesign so you can go take a look at that Uh, you can also find us on social media facebook and instagram at marvel studios news and on twitter at marvel newscast so with all that out of the way let's get on with our show well paul i don't want to ask you a question that i already know the answer to so i won't bother to ask you if you did your homework our episode that was supposed to be talking about the Eternals so that'll be our next episode Uh, so we have to delay our Eternals talk for just a bit but hey Sorry. We have a long time until an Eternals movie even comes out. so We
1: have, <laughs> we have an eternity.
0: Oh! <laughs> no, they do.
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey.
0: but I'll let Paul quickly apologize to all of you who were ready to hear about Eternals, right. which was probably like three of the people who listened to the show were like, yeah, I'll go read Eternals <laughs> on Marvel Unlimited. Hey,
1: those three people are important. So yeah. no, it's I more. Wanna,
0: th- it's more than three, but still.
1: Well, well I just want to say I am, I am deeply sorry. You have to understand. I had uh, I had a friend out here. I've just been like work's been nuts, and I've just been on also distracted by Star Wars and all the drama with that going on. So it's you know, for people who don't know, I'm also a big Star Wars fan. And I have, like, two podcasts I podcast for. So it's been a little crazy. i getting the solo hype and all that stuff. But that's a whole different podcast. But anyway, I apologize. It... I will have – I will have read a bunch of stuff. I have Sean sending me over um, some specific single issues I want to check out So because um, I already own the Eternals uh, graphic novel Neil, by Neil Gaiman, and I have Marvel Unlimited. I'm going to check out some of the Jack Kirby stuff, and there's some other stuff we're going to check out too. I'm really excited because I love – we haven't talked about comics on here in a long time, so I am really excited. Check it out, people. We're going to have a blast next week.
0: Yep, we will be getting on that next week, and so – in the meantime, got to come up with another topic. But speaking of Star Wars, this has been a topic that we've we have brought up a little bit before on the show. I can't remember if it was in any specific episode on the road to Infinity War. It might have been during one of the Q and A episodes. Mm-hmm. I talked about it on today's Daily Bugle, <laughs> the new daily thing I do over on the Patreon. And so that's
1: really cute, by the way. And
0: uh, yeah, of course, why not? Uh, anyway, <laughs> so because it had me thinking and looking at this division, like I, you know, what we're going to talk about is fandom and we're going to talk about DC and star Wars fandom. And it's not about like, well, I mean, inevitably it may come up, but it's not so much about blaming a bunch of people and this and that. I'm just really interested in what's happening in the division that we see amongst different groups of fans for different pieces of IP versus what we see with Marvel, because by and large, marvel is this happy place (laughs) for people where fandom tends to stay united and it's not uh, it's not because there there aren't times where we could have been divided at some point along the lines especially within the mcu uh there were times when that could have happened and then it didn't and so this is just going to be a conversation about that about community and about uh about fans and we're just going to kind of go through it, because if you haven't been paying attention to Star Wars Twitter uh, and other Star Wars social media channels and conversations, it's just gotten really, really nasty over. I mean, it, it really kind of started uh, reached a tipping point with Last Jedi. And then just when you thought it, it couldn't get any worse, Solo happens and it just gets worse and worse. And, you know, Paul, you're much more in the trenches on this than I am when it comes Unfortunately. to Star Wars. Here's the reason why I'm not, because I'm a DC fan. <laughs> and, <laughs> and five years ago, this movie, five years ago this month, Man of Steel came out, and right away you had people who were divided on that film. Uh, and then it just got more intense from, uh, it just got worse and worse from there. Uh, the Division, and, it, and it's not just, when I say Division, by the way, I don't, I'm not talking about Disagreement, I don't care if fans disagree. People can like the movies that they like and not like the movies that they don't like. It's really just more about how everybody treats each other as a result of those disagreements. And that's what I mean when I talk about Division. And so I just saw it getting worse and worse with DC and then obviously really reached a, a breaking point over Batman v Superman a couple years ago. And it's just really never been the same since. And so when I just saw the very early rumblings of that with Last Jedi, I was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> <Like> I <laughs> want, after dealing with, after being in that space for a handful of years with DC fandom, I I saw where the Star Wars conversation was going and I just frankly wanted no part of it. I'm happy to say what i have to say about star wars and about star wars movies and what i think of them and share my opinion but i just i have largely just jumped off the train of dealing with any debates or anything like that about the films because it just doesn't seem to be able to be uh to stay in any sort of constructive uh place any poor <laughs> anything that resembles civil discourse it's just it gets more and more difficult unless you really Isolate yourself and uh stick with a core group of people you know you can discuss these things with uh, because if you go outside of that at all uh, you just end up seeing major backlash and I know paul you 've seen you 've seen plenty of it over the past couple of weeks and and not and before that several months you know and several months <laughs> before that even
1: yeah, fandom is a very hot topic right now, and the internet is a blessing and a curse in so many ways because look at me, you, Sean, um, Beerly, Justin, Chris Clow, you know, some these people who oh, I oh, all of you guys I love dearly I met through the internet and mm-hmm. through fandom. Yeah. And it is it is it can be such a beautiful thing. And I mean like totally serious when I say beautiful. It is. It's a beautiful thing. And I love the fact that the internet has brought so many people together, but Lord, it is it can also be used to be awful and create such hatred and it's just you know over the last i'd say you know since i would say you know i kind of saw a little bit of the uh, star wars kind of evil not evil side but the just a certain side of star wars fandom that i knew existed um you know i saw a little bit of that throughout the years i mean it's not like it's been it's not like it's not like it's been random enough to be where the prequels, right? The prequels had a lot of detractors, a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, George Lucas raped my childhood. They made a documentary about it. I mean, like George for, you know, he was the the first one to kind of see like, Hey, like this, like people like totally, you know, didn't like what he did. And that's one thing, but they started saying awful things about him Mm -hmm. because it didn't meet their expectations. And now granted it, you know, episode one, you know, it was a, it was what, 15 years, whatever, how 13, whatever, how long it was over, it's over 10 years of the last Star Wars film. And, and the thing is that they, they, it just didn't meet people's expectations and people just rebelled and hated and and just, you know, didn't want to see new things. And, and like, again, I, and I was, I was one of the people that like was hating on George Lucas, but I definitely was like, I don't know. And the thing with fandom is that, you 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 have an, you're entitled to an opinion, and and that's everyone. Whether you're in the right or wrong, or you think you're in the right or the wrong, or if you're what you're saying is completely garbage and you should shut your mouth, you're entitled to say it. But the problem is, should you always say it? I don't know. And the people, no one has self respect anymore. And, you know, in the, in the prequel days there, you know, online fandom was more secluded. You didn't have social media. You had forums, exactly. you know, and, and that's, that probably is the biggest key. If, if George Lucas had the forums or excuse me, if he had social media, I mean, I don't know what, what, what would have happened. You know, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm thankful that, you know, I wasn't in school during social media and all that times. Cause it's, it's, it's a, I can just imagine it being a nightmare, you know, and, so I can only imagine George Lucas hearing. Now think about this, you know, you're George Lucas and you're hearing this from you know, from media. You're not probably seeking this out, but people are telling you like, "Man, George, like people are saying these awful things." It's almost the same thing too because he's probably not out looking for it. People are telling him like they're saying you raped, you raped their childhood. I mean, it's It's crazy. So Star Wars fandoms always been a little toxic because they're passionate because they, you know, everyone grew up on the original trilogy. So when you go into the prequels and the disappointment that it created for a lot of people, not necessarily me. I didn't love it at first. I grew to love it. I love it. I don't, I'll defend it to the day I die now. Um, But at the same time, George, you could tell it, it weighed on him. You know, like yeah. like Jar Jar, Jar Jar Pinks was supposed to be a major player in the trilogy, you know, and to to George's credit, he never really wavered too much. He still did what he thought, but he definitely wavered a little bit because he didn't put Jar Jar in it very much afterwards. yeah
0: Well, you bring up a good point, though, and, and I think this is where I see the first difference between Star Wars slash DC and Marvel, specifically the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Both Star Wars and DC, at least with the films that Warner Brothers has mainly focused on, which is Batman and Superman. I appreciate that Wonder Woman's here now, but that's not a character that they've focused on cinematically for very long. So since Superman in 1978, and then Batman in 1989, and then Star Wars getting things going with 1977, and then wrapping up the original trilogy in 1983, what you've had for... Star Wars and DC is you've had fandom be this thing where there's not there. There's not a ton of new movies coming out. And so what happens is fans just the reverence they have for what they saw before or the reverence that they have for these characters in some other format. It just builds and builds and builds with, without new movies coming in and adjusting expectations and Uh, forcing people to see the evolution of a franchise and then maybe because because the more people just think about things and see them as the same thing the more rigid they get in terms of what it has to be and if it's not that you've ruined my childhood not possible (laughs) like unless you are a child whose childhood is being ruined if you're an adult your childhood is not able to be retroactively ruined by movies it can't happen uh anyway so uh as far as, uh, you know, so, I, and I think with Marvel, what's different is the Marvel Cinematic Universe has largely built its fan base around people who didn't know as much about these characters. We've talked about this before. They didn't have X Men and Spider Man when they started, they had Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, moved all the way up through Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, Black Panther. And while, depending on the characters, there were, you know, more or fewer people who knew about who knew who these characters were, but the level of expectations weren't the same and people weren't necessarily so attached to their version or their vision of what that character is supposed to be. Uh, I know this coming from DC fandom, especially and particularly with Batman that people have ideas of Batman is this. And if it's not this, then it's wrong and it's that. And then, and that leads to them being super upset if they don't, uh, if they don't get what they want. And I think star Wars has, uh, it's a similar thing where people have this vision of the original trilogy, and it's not just—it's not just uh, what the original trilogy is. It's their perception of the original trilogy, and so that's just what it is. And if it goes outside of that, then it causes—you know—it causes intense feelings and sometimes hurt feelings, and then it causes anger and frustration, and leads to all these things. Where I don't think Marvel has that, and I think the benefit of the Marvel Cinematic Universe also is that we've gotten, we get new chapters so frequently and we've been getting them so frequently from the beginning that we've never had this time for reverence to overshadow the actual output. And I think that is, Mm -hmm. I think that makes a huge difference because if you think that you watch the original star Wars films 30, 40 years ago and you don't look at them through at least a little bit of rose colored lenses, then I think you're kind of fooling yourself for the people who have more intense reactions. But You know, I don't want to go too far down that road because it's to me. It's not even really about your opinions of the films, whether or not you don't like it. Uh, For example, I hated Batman v Superman. My childhood was just fine. My childhood endured, even though I did not. (laughs) Even though impossible, I hated Batman v Superman because guess what? All the Batman stories from my childhood. Oh, and also the Dark Knight trilogy, which was my twenties. Like, they're all still there. They, they didn't go anywhere. So uh, regardless of how you do feel about a movie, you know, regardless if you like a movie or you don't like a movie, the part that I really have a hard time understanding is where all the nastiness comes from, you know, where people and I don't care what side you fall on. If you love something or if you love what's happening with Star Wars right now or you hate it, if you love what was going on in the DCEU or you hate it. I don't understand everybody being jerks to each other. Now, that's not to say that I've never been a little snarky or maybe had you know, haven't sent out a tweet you? or two that I probably shouldn't. You know? <laughs> uh, I argue very passionately, but I also don't take things personally. Um, and I think that's a little bit different because I'm also used to getting on podcasts with you guys. And we can <laughs> say whatever we want because we know at the end of the day, we're all still friends and we all process it the right way. Uh, you know, like I did podcasts on Batman v Superman with really good friends of mine, Mark Hughes, who's one of my co-hosts on Superhero News, with Andy Dejanova from Holy Batcast. They love that movie. I hated it, and I debated each of them on separate podcasts about that movie. And guess what? We're all still pals. <laughs> like it's not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this thing. And I guess I don't know if maybe some of it is. Uh, it, it, maybe it's some of its younger fans, Paul. I don't know because you and I grew up in an era where. It wasn't cool to talk about this shit. It, like, it <laughs> no, wasn't <cool>. it wasn't. <laughs> it went, like, when I discovered the internet and I discovered forums, I was like, sanctuary. Like, <laughs> I have finally found my tribe. I have finally found people who love what I love as much as I love it and want to talk about it or type about it like we will do this and it's fun and i guess it was more controllable too when it was on forums because if you did have somebody who came in and was being an absolute jerk Mm -hmm. for no reason then mods on a forum would be like all right they're out of here and just ban them but obviously, you can't do that on social media like you have to be your own moderator, your own admin because you can use your mute and your block buttons, but
1: praise God
0: you know thankfully right yeah. but it's still not it's still not quite the same where you could just build your own little private community and it worked out uh and it worked out so well and I think maybe that's because that's why we appreciate this in terms of what the internet what a gift the internet is to fandom in the way that it's allowed us to find our community and and right. it's because we didn't have that. But I kind of feel like maybe some people who are a little bit younger, who've always had social media, who've always had forums and everything else to connect with their fellow fans, maybe aren't as precious about that space as we are. And that's not to say that everybody who's being a jerk right now is young, because that's not true. No, it's <laughs> definitely not true. No. You know, so uh you know, there are there are different factors to it, but I think that's one of the mindsets that I try to have in terms of how I approach fandom is appreciate, and especially on the internet and with social media, is trying to view it as uh, as a gift and be appreciative of it and treat it the the right way and treat that experience the right way, as opposed to just being a d bag.
1: Well, I think you bring up some great points, and and where I was going with with it before is that with bringing it back to Marvel. Now, I want to talk about Marvel for a second because I think there's a number of reasons why. I think Marvel hasn't had the, and and again, Marvel has angry, awful fans out there. They're, they are, they're trolls out there. Trolls are trolls, but I don't think Marvel has split its fandom quite like DC or Star Wars has like you're explaining. So I want to be very clear to people that I'm sure there are people who are pro Marvel people that are like super jerks and say awful things. Yeah, there are. I'm not, but as far as from at least our perspectives of, of online fandom, we haven't seen Marvel fandom split like it has been for DC and for Star Wars. Now, I want to say you brought up a great point. You talked about how these are lesser known characters, right? Like, so it's maybe maybe that has something to do with it. I think it does, and I think you also have to realize is that when you're, it's not just these are these are one unknown they were. Unknown characters not unknown anymore these unknown characters fans were able to grow with over time and learn and kind of see what they like and if they didn't like something they got something else a couple months later yeah and that's the beauty of Marvel and I think that's what they developed is that if something doesn't direct connect with an audience they can hit a reset button I mean look at me I'm a great example of that right. We talked about it on the podcast. I was even ridiculed by someone saying I was being pessimistic. But you know, the thing was, Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two were not my—they were not great films for me. I meaning, I don't think they were terrible, but they didn't connect with me at all. And I was like straight up worried. I'm like, oh man, is this? Is this, the, is this the the end of the MCU for me and for other people? Like cuz I know I wasn't alone in, in, in criticizing Doctor Strange in Volume 2. Volume 2 got some criticism. I mean it did. It, it's not like it was, you know, like like last Jedi criticism, but it was it was criticized. I, you know, I there's people I respect online that were like totally trashing it, you know, and mm-hmm. saying, you know, this is not that great. And yeah, I was one of the people,
0: people. Who, I I love it and there are people who hate it. And that's why but It's interesting, though, because there have been moments like that throughout Mm -hmm. the MCU. Iron Man 3 was a perfect example. Yes. Like, that Mandarin twist, there were people who felt very differently about that, uh, you know, and people who felt very differently about that film. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 obviously being another one. Doctor Strange, probably a smaller example than Iron Man 3 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but, and and also Avengers Age of Ultron, people who really love that movie and other people who didn't, who, people who hated the movie, and then uh, obviously people in between. So there have been films along the way in the history of the MCU where we could have seen things just completely split. Now, I think you bring up, that is a great point, though, that the next one is out a few months later, Mm -hmm. Uh, but what I don't, but... I guess Star Wars fans need to, need to catch up cuz like they're also no longer so far away from the next chapter. <laughs> like they're they are no longer in a space where once a few movies wrap up, it's 10 years and you know, once a movie's out, it's 3 years till the next one and after you've done that cycle a few times, then it's 10 years until things get going again. They're not in that space anymore, so there isn't really the need to be uh, so precious about each individual film that you see, uh, especially with Star Wars, what you have with Star Wars that you don't have with the MCU, uh, and also what you don't have with the DCEU, is Star Wars, you have new in-canon stories all the time, between the comic books, between the novels, video games, animation, uh, a live-action series coming to the streaming the Disney streaming service. There's always new Star Wars canon, and yet there is still this—I don't want to use the word protective because it's not like Star Wars needs protecting, especially not from people who don't make movies— But, like, it's, uh, you know, I I don't know what that that sense of ownership that people feel of it and how precious each individual new chapter is. Um, You know, I guess Star Wars fans just got to catch up with that. Marvel fans have been kind of trained from the beginning because in the MCU you had Iron Man and then just a handful of weeks later you had the Incredible Hulk. So, yeah, I guess Marvel fans are just more in tune with, okay, that one didn't work, but we'll get him next time, champ.
1: Well, yeah, because, remember, this came out in 2008 and they've been perfecting it. you know for 10 years and even by look at age of ultron it's a great example is that it wasn't, you know, you didn't have time Like, if, if you think about it, Age of Ultron it might be the most divisive the fan base was, because I remember you know, the whole stuff with Black Widow and Bruce Banner yeah. was like you know, very divisive, and you know I, a lot of people were upset with Joss Whedon you know, some of the implications that he was, you know, making with that, and, and people taking it, you know, I guess the wrong way, I, I, I didn't interpret it always the same same way as some people I knew were but that not to take away from them either it, but right. that was definitely making People unhappy. They didn't like the directions they were taking. You know, obviously, me, I hated the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles references he kept making in the middle of the film. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'll be honest, like, I remember being like, eh. And I could see a little bit, you know, of Joss Whedon leaving Twitter because of, of Asia Ultron. So there was a time where the, it, it started to go that way. But mm-hmm. you know what happened a few months later? Ant Man came out. Yeah. And that was like a a breath of fresh air and as soon as people started you know starting in a little uh, you know and, and also expected probably Ant- i expected, expected ant-man to be crappy i'm like this is gonna be this has failure written all over it watched it that was great i loved it i want to see it again right away saw it again and i think marvel has had and let's be honest it's luck too mm-hmm. because you know last jedi was in my opinion wrong place wrong time you know, everything like it was not a good it was not a good time to do it. I mean, the the the, cu- the country and the world is changing, you know, and it's just it's just, you know, for whether you agree with what's going on in the world or don't agree with, 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 with what's going on in the world. Just the world is changing. Everyone is being conflicted and turning on each other. And it's crazy. And Last Jedi took one of the most beloved heroes and did something that was totally out of the ordinary. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you this, you know, if Kevin, you know, and this is one thing that I think that Marvel, again, the reason why that even though there might be some missteps here or there with Marvel, you have Kevin Feige's one definitive vision. So you have very true. And so when you have a misstep, like maybe Age of Ultron was, you know, you still have these things coming up, you know, later and Kevin's perfected it. He knew like, okay, this is what makes Ant-Man good. This is what makes Ant-Man unique. You know, you could argue the the Marvel films are basically the same, you know, plot structure and whatever. But the thing is, is Kevin's tapped into the characters and that's the core. That's what he knows the selling point. Because fans, fans and mainstream fans know he knows that they are going in for the characters they're not going in for an elaborate complex story like star wars has a, it's a little bit different cuz you go for the characters you're also going for the story the mythology that's what drives people at least for me and my my interpretation of star wars people are going in for the characters yes but the story is what people you know to me is like what drives them they want to see their their favorite characters there but they want to see where they're going where people you know kevin feige knows yeah, a story I'm going to have a good guy versus a bad guy. It's pretty it's pretty, you know, one to, you know, pretty to, pretty easy to figure out but he knows it's the characters. I have to sell the characters to the audience. So he elevates the characters. He knows what makes the characters work and he works with that. It's not the story, it's the characters. He's got a long game going on, but that's the thing with Marvel is that they, they have that long game already in place. So if something doesn't work, they they can have contingency plans and things well, like it,
0: that. It, he's also been able to help shape the audience's perception of the characters in a way, because again, most people, moviegoers did not know much if if anything uh with respect to most of the characters that populate the MCU. Uh most of the characters that are in the MCU are are characters that people had barely heard of or not heard of at all pre-2008. Uh a lot of a lot of the characters in the MCU people hadn't heard about them until 2012 or 2014. And that I think that helps. I don't necessarily think it's about You know Marvel stories being all that much simpler than Star Wars stories, but I do think the I I do agree though that it's that character is such a big part of it, and Kevin Feige is is certainly doing a good job of making sure audiences get what they want from those characters, and also I think the other thing though is that like here's a great example. Let's go Steve Rogers versus Luke Skywalker. So Steve Rogers has evolved over the course of the MCU, and he doesn't make all the same decisions he would have made. But you saw how he changed, and you saw why. So you don't really think that he, as his his core person, like his core heroism, has changed. That's still present. But what has changed is his viewpoint and how what how he feels that heroism, that goodness within him needs to be applied in order to benefit the world. And as an audience member, you find yourself agreeing with him because you've seen everything that's changed his viewpoint as it's happened in the MCU. Uh, With Last Jedi, you didn't see what made Luke Skywalker such a different person because it skipped forward 30 years in the story. So if you haven't been reading books or anything else which is most of the people who go watch Star Wars movies and even people who read the books don't see it because like you know there's still not there's still way too many blanks that haven't been filled in. So Luke just having uh you know a quick a couple quick flashbacks with respect to Kylo Ren and everything else obviously that that's not the same as seeing the the full progression of a character feeling so different from one, from one time you see them to the next time that you see them. And I think that is an important difference, but that's also getting into the quality of the you know, the quality of the stories or everybody's perception of the stories. And I understand that that feeds into the feelings that people have, but at the same time, it doesn't excuse the behavior. Like that that can excuse you not, you know, if you didn't like what happened with Luke in Last Jedi. And I didn't love a lot of what happened with Luke in The Last Jedi. I still really enjoy the movie, but as I said in, you know, my reviews on superhero news, I didn't love all the Luke stuff. There was some good stuff in there, but there was also some stuff that I just flat out didn't like. But I'm not going to, but it's not going to be this thing where you have to go off and be, I don't know, such a jerk, and the way and the way that things get now, like uh, what's very weird about Star Wars, and I don't want to go too deep into this because it just it's a rabbit hole I don't need to fully go down. But yes, <laughs> but I, I can't have this conversation and not acknowledge it. I mean, so much of Star Wars, as you've mentioned, you know, like our world today, it's been politicized. Um, yeah, and it's for better or for worse. For better, yeah, for better and for worse. And I'm not talking just, and I'm not talking about the films themselves. I'm also yeah. talking about the conversation about the films and why people mm-hmm. do love or don't love them. And I think the the other big problem here that I see and the thing that just kind of annoys me, and this annoys me on both sides of it, whether you are enjoying what's going on in the current era of Star Wars or you don't like it. And it's the same thing that I saw. It's a similar thing to what I saw happening with DC fandom and what I hope we never really get into very much uh, with Marvel fandom is it's frankly, from somebody who spends a lot of time debating, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's a lazy form of argument. Uh, it's the lazy form of argument that you commonly see in politics, which is why you don't when you see ad, when you see political ads, you don't often see political ads that are actually about policy. Usually you're trying to attack the person because that's the easier thing to do. If I can distract you by talking about the person that I don't actually have to make a, I don't actually have to make a good point for why I feel the way I do on an actual policy, why I actually hold a certain opinion. And to apply that to movie debates, think of it this way. Like right now you have, if, if people who love star, you know, like, Let's just stick with Last Jedi as an example. People who loved Last Jedi, some of them would automatically accuse people who didn't like Last Jedi or the current direction of Star Wars as being racist or misogynist, as being fans who either had a problem with people of color being in lead roles or having women being uh, lead protagonists in the current Star Wars films. Conversely, you had people who didn't like the films saying that people who did like them were either just a liberal snowflake or they're just Disney shills. You know, they're one or the other. And what I look at is if somebody is one of those things, especially if somebody's a racist or a misogynist, like they will reveal that about themselves in the arguments that they make. And at, at that, at the point that they reveal themselves to be one of those things it's not really worth continuing the conversation with them anymore. Cause you know, you're not going to, you're certainly not going to change their point of view. Uh, and you know, that they're not actually having an intellectual discussion with you. They're not in, in, not having that. So you can just move on. But I think, and the same thing with somebody who's like a, who's trying to be a shill about things like just don't, you don't have to engage if that's what's going on. But I think people try to do that because I don't know if they're not confident enough in their own arguments if they feel, uh, if they're worried that if that their point of view or their opinions are going to be challenged, and so that's why they have to assign a name, assign a category to somebody, because it's easier to reconcile that. If I have an opinion about a movie and you have a different opinion, rather than having to defend my opinion and support it with our, with arguments that uh, that led me to the conclusion that I have about a film and actually engage in that discussion with you, it's easier if I just say, well, that's because you're X and you are therefore incapable of agreeing with me. Therefore your opinions invalid because you were never capable of seeing it my way because this is because you are this thing that I'm, you are this name that I'm calling you. And which is, again, it's a lazy form of debate. It's a lazy form of discussion. And so I don't know if people just don't have the patience to actually get into these things, but and it's okay. I'm not saying you should go out and debate movies, but if you don't want to have a debate, then just don't debate. <laughs> like don't, e- don't even start to uh, don't even start to get into it. But everybody trying to assign names and assign categories to each other. Uh, Especially very, usually by saying very negative things that aren't even necessarily applicable to the situation. Sometimes they are, obviously, but sometimes they're not. And I think, you know, everybody trying to draw conclusions about each other and paint themselves as other. I'm this side, you're that side, uh, which obviously is a problem we have that goes way beyond, (laughs) like way beyond Fandom in any respect, and and goes into much more important topics, but it's that same tendency that we see bleeding into a lot of the conversations happening right now, and it really shouldn't, because this is supposed to be about stuff that we like to talk about for fun.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's just sad that people can get into these these ruts, and they feel they have to go in and 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 argue with people. And I I've get I've gotten myself into arguments just the other day. I was arguing with a bunch of, you know, anti Disney, uh, star Wars, you know, people who want Kathleen Kennedy fired and think all this stuff. And they can think that, you know, and I've argued with a lot of these people and, you know, it's a lot of them to me are intellectually dishonest and, you know, or, or not intellectually honest and all that stuff. But, and I get caught up in it and it's easy to get caught up in negativity because mm-hmm. it riles you up, you know, it's, You know, it's like, hey, to use something from Star Wars, you know, it's, you know, it's it's the easy path. The dark side is the easy path. Going, you know, getting angry, it takes so, it 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 doesn't take me very long to get snap and just lose it, right? So uh, you can see how people can give in to, like, these impulses of, like, I have to argue with this person. I have to Mm -hmm. say this to this person. It's easy to do. I do it all the time. And it sucks. I hate doing it. And... What you have to do is realize that you're, you're, nothing you say is going to change anyone's opinion. Right. And, you know, and like I said, like, you know, going back to to Marvel, you know, there's a lot of criticisms that people throw at Marvel. You know, I've seen, you know, again, you talk about the same movie. There's always, it's, it are, they're practically comedies, you know, and. And it's just funny because you just got to, you know, I see this and, and they try to rile people up, but it's like, I just, I don't know what it is, but for me, it's, I'm just like, cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's just, I just kind of shrug my shoulders and say, yeah, you know, some of it you're right, but it works and it works for me and it works for everybody else. And, you know, and I think that's the thing with Marvel films right now is that they're just so socially accepted by the mainstream. I mean, look at infinity war. It's like destroying still. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, God, I mean, like, you know, Deadpool has felt it, you know, Solo has felt it. Like they're easily, these are all things that, you know, and it's because like they're good movies and, and they built up and like Marvel just, they, they pay it, you know, here's the thing. The one difference between Star Wars fans and Marvel fans is that I, in my opinion, is that you have, you have a certain, you know, you have a longer period of time to develop these characters and you didn't like re, you know, reboot all your Marvel characters at once and said nothing from, you know, everything that happened before is is no more and, and then now we're going fresh for a whole new clean slate. And Marvel, you know, uh, there's always retcons and things like that, but Marvel's had, you know, forever now to develop these characters, characters and to know what works and what doesn't for people. And that's, you know, that's an av- a little to me that's a little bit of an advantage too. These characters have aged and gone through ups and downs and Kevin Feige. And again, it goes back to vision, you know, Kevin Feige knows what makes these characters tick. Mm -hmm. And maybe not every story is going to click, but he's had years and years of like, that's good. That's not like, we're never going to see Tony Stark become teenage Tony Stark and go, you know, fight, you know, Robert Denny Jr. And, you know, (laughs) and fight because Robert Denny Jr. turns evil, you know, it's not gonna happen. It, it, things like that. Like that's not gonna happen in Iron Man. You're not gonna do that. And so you have you have what works, you have what doesn't. Same thing with the Avengers. And that to me also, I think that is the is what ultimately what people have like loved, and I think what kind of drives them and makes them kind of forgive maybe a little more than they would a DC, or maybe they would a, a Star Wars in, in this sense is that even though DC was built up building up the Justice League. You know, obviously there's disappointments in there and people, you know, again, you have phantoms put down the middle with both BVS and Man of Steel. You have now Marvel's built this up for what, 10 years and like they built build up to these Avengers films as like their tentpole films and people, you know, they kind of develop and see like, as they go, like, Oh, this character, this isn't really good in this movie movie. So we're we're not going to include that. We'll cut that out. You know, this part of dark world sucked. So we're not going to include that and we're not going to acknowledge that. So we're just going to go forward Mm -hmm. and go with this. There's, there's so much live and learn, you know, or this killed, you know, again, to me, it's, it's, it's almost like, I think Ragnarok and infinity war and how well Thor worked was happenstance but things like that you kind of go in and say hey like it's we think this is going to be a hit we have a you know we have an inkling of this because how we know this is going to work and trailers have worked there or whatever so to me it's like they have contingency plans and they learn from the films they've had before because they put out so many you know i mean like star wars you know they like and this is and this is true a thing like star wars they don't have a plan going forward i always thought they did I thought it was ridiculous that they didn't like they I was like there's no way they'd go 7 8 9 without some kind of like long game. They don't. You know, they've cut out said so many times. They're just making making it up as they go along. And I didn't believe it. And I now I, I firmly believe it because it, look how much you know, like it's scattered they seem. And that's the thing is like you have to plan the stuff out because if you need a course correct, you need to have a plan in place and instead of just being like uh this is weird. What do we do?
0: Well, and if you have a plan in place and you're probably going to have a more consistent product that is generally speaking of higher quality and you can sustain that quality because you have a plan. And so I think even though it's not, even though I think that, you know, being uh, disappointed in films uh, is not an excuse for bad behavior. Also, by the way though, you know, I, I keep painting it as it's people who are disappointed in the movies who are uh, who have bad behavior, but I've also tried to point out, but I just want to make it perfectly clear. There are people who love the movies and then act, uh, act react very badly to people not liking it. Oh, like, I love this thing and I think it's the greatest thing ever. You don't screw you. Uh, you know, like that, that attitude, it, as I said, it you find people being, acting like trolls and everything else on each side of these debates for and against these movies, whether it's Star Wars or DC or anything else. But obviously, you know, I think having more people who are happier with the product certainly helps. Obviously, Marvel fans have had a lot of reasons to be happy over the past 10 years. I mean, we've pointed to some films that maybe uh, that didn't that everybody didn't quite love as much and that maybe could have been uh, divisive. But ultimately, they weren't because the next thing came out and people loved it. And that was fine. Like even uh, even if people who were in your camp, Paul. Uh, who didn't like Doctor Strange, but then also didn't like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Well, they had just liked Civil War before Doctor Strange, and then just two months after Guardians Volume Two, you had Spider-Man: Homecoming. So, yeah, you've never really you know, had to be uh, down that long on Marvel uh, at any point. There was uh, it was never you were never too far away from finding something that would land with you as, in a positive way as uh, as an audience member, and so I think. I do think that helps. I don't know what all else it is in terms of Marvel fandom. I do, but I also believe again the not just in terms of the a good movies right around the corner with Marvel, but I just think that the way Marvel has developed the taste of their audience and you know helped form certain habits with their audience by, by the way they put out movies, but also again when you think about Marvel We do this all the time. We talk about these movies and we love them so much, but then we're very quickly on to the next thing. And I think that's helpful, even if your impression of a movie is positive. So, like, let's say for example, like you just love, uh, like you love Black Panther so much uh, this year, and that's great. And and I love Black Panther; it's amazing. But what you don't do is you don't spend a bunch of time just like thinking about how amazing Black Panther is and just talking about that nonstop for you know, years or decades until you have another Marvel movie. Because I think that's where fans can set themselves up for disappointment is when you you talk something up and you have such reverence for it that you don't necessarily see, you stop seeing it as a movie and there you just see it as this major milestone event, at least an entertainment event in your life. And so then nothing that comes out after that can really compare to it. Like, there's no, there's not really a world in which any future Star Wars movie has a shot against Empire Strikes Back to replace it as the consensus best Star Wars film ever. There's not an opportunity for that. We have had that opportunity with Marvel. Think about how many times we've we've said, like, oh, this is the best Marvel movie ever, or this is the best Marvel movie ever. And I think that happens because you don't have years of reverence doing it. I think there actually is a little bit more objectivity across the board when you weigh all of these films against each other because you've never had any film just living in your mind for long enough without thinking about the next thing to build it up in your head as completely flawless when of course it wasn't and i think that i think part of that I- informs it i don't know what else and i know that some people could listen to this and be screaming the whole time but marvel fans suck too there's a lot of marvel fans who act bad and as we've said earlier on the show i yes there are people who've acted very negatively that are that are marvel fans i have seen it but I have been in this space for, uh, you know, I've been in this space for a long time and I've been writing and speaking very publicly about superheroes and pop culture. Uh, I've been doing it for a decade uh, or actually over a decade now and i can tell you that by and large the marvel fandom seems like the happiest group and just always has even when things weren't necessarily going their way even when marvel wasn't on top even when the hottest thing going was actually the dark knight trilogy uh you know there was never this uh there was never this super this big cloud of of negativity around marvel fandom and i don't know what it is i don't there's probably somebody who could like i don't know you'd have to do like a psychological study on the different fans <laughs> and figure out like is it a happier person who's just more who's just generally more attracted to Marvel? I don't know, but I, I don't think so because there's usually overlap. I'm sure most of you listening to this are, as Marvel fans, are also a fan of Star Wars and or DC. So I just don't know why. I, I'm happy though. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm glad that Mar that uh, Marvel fandom be- actually doesn't make me feel bad about saying the word fandom because then when I just say the word fandom by itself. Now I kind of cringe a little bit. But if I put the word Marvel in front of it, then I start to feel a little bit better. And so I guess... (laughs) Because it's true. You know, like, it's just like, uh, you know, the term fanboy wasn't always a bad word. And then it became one. uh, Because then it became Mm. associated with more negative behaviors. Uh, And uh, so now it's... You know, now I feel like even the word fandom is becoming that. Uh, And so I Mm. I don't want it to stay in that space. And also I feel like as a Marvel fan, like, I also want to make sure we keep this perspective, uh, going forward. I don't want us to ever be like, I don't want Marvel fan, uh, Marvel fandom to ever be divided in the way that we see, that we've seen with Star Wars and that we've seen with DC, because it could happen. If you go and look at, just go 10 years into the future. Imagine a time where, you have a new generation of fans that absolutely loves the Avengers and whatever characters are at the forefront at that time, which if I go 10 years in the future, maybe that's still Captain Marvel and Black Panther, or maybe it's involved with somebody else by then. And you have that generation saying, Oh, this is the great thing. And then you have the generation of fans that were here for that first 10 years where Iron Man, Thor and Cap uh, were, were the headliners here. And then being like, no, That's not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That sucks. This is the, like, it's never going to be as good as it was in the first 10 years with Kevin Feige and whatever else. Uh, Which is not to say Kevin Feige wouldn't be around for the next 10 years. Who knows what happens? But, yeah, I just, I hope that we kind of remember this. And I would also hope that Marvel fans look at what's happened in other pop culture fan groups and maybe look at it as a cautionary tale to be like, it may be, maybe too late for some of them, or they got a lot of work to do to get things back to a fun conversation about this thing that everybody loves. Uh, but I hope for Marvel fans, I mean, we have a pretty good conversation and a pretty good community and that's worth, uh, that's worth, uh, that's worth really trying to maintain.
1: Yeah. And I'll wrap up my thoughts by, by saying this basically is that again, I'm very thankful that we haven't had fandom be split and, I think I can, you know, a lot. A lot of stuff we talk about, people can disagree or agree, you know. But I think we can all agree that Marvel fandom has not been split. Yeah, there's some people who are unhappy, probably, whatever. But you know, I don't. I have never seen it split like it has been in Star Wars right now, or like with you know, as Sean has more experience in this than I do in DC. I, you know, again, I'd see glimmers of it with Age Voltron and things like that. But you know, again. There is nothing, you know, after it, you know, it doesn't stay very long. And I don't know if that's because of how it's designed with the films coming out. They're just pumping them out. You don't have time to dwell. You just move on because you have more story. You know, more Mm -hmm. stories are coming. And that's the thing is like, I I just, I'm thankful that we haven't had that, you know, and let's be real here, you know, Infinity War could have split fandom if it wasn't well received, if if it wasn't, you know, this could, you know. Who knows? I mean, it was a risky movie to make. I mean, it's it's a it's a deep movie, but they hit into the zeitgeist of the of the fan, of the of the mainstream audience, and they got it. They got they're on the pulse, man. So what? Maybe Avengers four will split fandom. I don't think I don't think it will. I don't want it to. But right now, I'm just thankful that Marvel fans have you know there's there's more unity among the fandom. Than and then I have seen in other fandoms, and it's amazing that you know for the most part, ten years, it's been pretty unified. Like there's not really a divide as far as a negative where people are attacking each other and you know we're calling out for Feige to be fired and people you know all that stuff. I mean everyone, Feige's job is pretty much well secured. <laughs> so well yeah, but yeah. So I, I would just you know I'm thankful, and I would just preach you know, negativity is you know is only gonna you're only gonna create more negativity. It's easier. To be negative, try to – you know if you want – if you don't like something, be positive in what you want to do with it. Don't be negative with it because you're only going to breed more negativity and it's just – we don't need that in this world. I don't want to be preachy here but grace, man. I'm telling you, grace. That's the key to life and other people. Give grace.
0: Well, I can also tell you how happy it made me to make and stick with the only New Year's resolution I've ever stuck with, which was no Twitter fights in twenty eighteen. <laughs> like I You've been good. You've I, been good. I have not uh I have not jumped into any of this stuff. And even with Infinity War, I you know, like for people who were critical of it, I have multiple places in which I get to broadcast my opinion. I have this podcast. I have superhero news. I get to write my opinions at superhero news and Marvel studios news. You know, I have outlets to say what I need to say about these films. And if I hear criticisms, I can address those in these places that I have. And that's kind of the only place that I really need to make my arguments. That's, I don't need to get into, uh, that's not to say I won't debate anyone on Twitter, but Usually, if I'm going to get into a debate now, it's going to be because it's with someone that I know can actually have a civil discussion and debate about movies, because I know that it's not going to get into this crazy stuff. And if somebody else who isn't part of the conversation tries to jump in and take it into a place that I obviously myself and the person I'm discussing this with are, like, in a direction that we're not trying to go in, then just ignore it. You know, the mute button is your friend. <laughs> and so uh, it's been, uh, it's been helpful. Uh, it's been very helpful to me. And, and I think just doing this, doing this podcast and especially bringing it back over the past several months and what's been so great in, in the community that we have this, the broader community that we have here, but then also our group on the Patreon. And it's a really great group. Of uh, of fellow Marvel fans who not just don't just interact with us, but interact with each other uh, on the Patreon, and just everybody having that positive uh, that positive attitude, it means a lot because this is supposed to be the stuff that we do for fun. Most of us, in fact, most of us aren't the ones making our living uh, making the movies and talking about the movies and all of that stuff. But so everybody, you, everybody's going to work and doing something else. And this is supposed to be what they do. That should be for fun. That's not to say that it's only fun. I understand. Believe me, I understand that these movies, these stories have greater meaning to people, but at the end of the day, it still is entertainment and still should be a, a space and an experience that you should enjoy. Not just, watching the movies, but also in the conversations that you have about it. And the biggest point, and this is the one that I come back to over and over and over again whenever I see this stuff, is that if we're all here because we love stories about heroes, whether they are heroes that throw a shield, wield a lightsaber, or wear a cape and cowl, if we're here for the love of stories about those characters who are out there to do good there is no reason to go through life and go, especially go through that fandom experience acting like a villain. It's that simple. If you don't tell me how much you love Captain America or Batman or Luke Skywalker, when everything about your behavior suggests you've learned nothing from those characters or that you try, you don't do, you have no aspirations whatsoever to embody any of the qualities of those characters. That's not to say that we are all successful in becoming Luke Skywalker, Steve Rogers, or Clark Kent. Only John Beerley's done that, but for those, but for and everybody, Chris Clow. he's <laughs> close. He's close. There's nobody. There's nobody on <laughs> Beerley's level. So, <laughs> like, yeah, Chris is almost all the way there, but John Beerley is the only one who's completely mastered all of them. And <laughs> I think, and it's just, and even Chris, and I'm sure even Chris would agree with that, but. That's what it comes down to for me. We love stories about heroes and which doesn't mean that we're all going to succeed in carrying on our daily lives as if we're heroes. But the least we can do is not act like villains, especially toward one another because we have this great tool of the internet and social, these great tools of the internet and social media to actually share this experience of this amazing time that we live in, where we're getting so much content about the things we like, even if every sample of that content isn't necessarily the way we would want it to be there's still another story right around the corner in pretty much all of these fandoms so there's really no reason to uh get so upset to the point where you are uh, you're mistreating your your fellow fans cuz that's what they are Nobody is a better or worse fan just because they do or don't like a movie. That's not how it's judged, but you can be a better or worse fan depending on how you actually conduct yourself and how you treat other people, just in the same way you can be a better or worse person. So just be kind to one another because it's really not that hard. And at the end of the day, for these topics especially, it's just not that serious. Absolutely. But anyway... That's where I'll we'll get off my Stan Lee soapbox. <laughs> and, uh, wow. And uh, let's, uh, that's where we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. There will be a Patreon credit scene. We're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about Dr. Doom in that Patreon credit scene. So you can Ooh. check that out over on the Patreons. For more information on that, you can either listen to the intro of this episode again or just go to patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News and find us every day. Marvelstudiosnews.com with our brand new redesign on the website also on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. Paul, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's. Also, check out my Star Wars podcast. I'm on a couple of them now. Blaster Cannon. It's it's Cannon, C-A-N-O-N. Uh, via den of geek you can also check out my other star wars podcast uh star wars the saga continues on the thunder uh quack podcast network two good uh good buddies of mine tim and kyle have asked me to join their show i have done so so please check out both those shows they're a lot of fun
0: and you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr sean gerber sean spelled s-e-a-n or over on Superhero News, either at superhero news.com or YouTube. It's dot com slash superhero news. Just the Superhero News YouTube channel. You can find it, it's not that hard. Anyway, take care. For Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you soon.